Hey everyone. So I just wanted to um, start out by saying that um, the most difficult thing about trauma, if it happened early on, the highest Berlin Wall, the most difficult hurdle, it doesn't matter what happened to you, right? Whatever happened to you, you were tortured, you were sexually abused, you were neglected, you were the most difficult thing to do, which seems like what, you know, would be the easiest, is to see a parent as a predator. Let me just repeat that. The most difficult thing is to acknowledge a parent as a predator. It's huge. That is the crossing line. That is what your whole body will resist. Every thought, every feeling, you will resist and resist and resist and resist and resist. It is such an injury to your whole energetic system. Because imagine you show up as a little baby and you've shown up to be taken care of, you know, to be loved. You're waiting, you don't even know, you're barely conscious. You can't possibly believe that in this half-consciousness, in this barely-here twilight, that there are people here that are going to hurt you. I mean, it's just unfathomable to a child. And you will do anything and everything to refuse that glaring truth. I mean, anything, which is why children, no matter how badly treated, no matter the horror that happens to them, will not leave their parents, will not betray, and I say betray in inverted commas, their parents. So it's not, I mean, what, what's done is horrific. The unexpressed emotions are horrific. The thing that keeps you refusing all your feelings, your truth, the thing that keeps you completely in prison is you will not, you cannot, you, in your whole system, you cannot accept as a child, as a child, that this person in front of you wants to do you harm. But it does. It does want to do you harm. And that's really the Berlin Wall. That concept is that refusal is what keeps you in the shadow. I mean, we literally build dungeon keepers, we build energetic frameworks, energetic systems to refuse the truth. It's insane. That's why we have a shadow. Because it is too scary to accept what happened. A child is supposed to be protected by parents from predators, right? Monsters under the bed, monsters in the closet. It can't be that the person that's tucking you in is the monster. That cannot register in a child.
and it takes a really long, exhausting, certainly in my case, wash, power wash, to really get my whole system to acknowledge that. I just recently had some images which were so revolting. Like it, it left, it was like, okay, you're not convinced yet. Your, your whole system is still holding on to that story. Because remember, if you have been abused and you want to accommodate the abuse because you have to, you're going to build some story. Some, you know, Hollywood driven production that is going to smother this truth. I certainly did. Perhaps you didn't. Perhaps you went another route. But the brain, you know, is not, it cannot, for survival reasons, accept that the person that tucks you in to your cradle or to your little bed, to your Ikea little bed, rotor car bed, is the one that's hurting you. Can't. So, something is required. Think about it. What are you going to do if you're this little tiny kid? Think about yourself. What are you going to do? You can disassociate. You can attack it. It's not going to get you anywhere. You can get all upset. Nothing's going to happen. You must be get even more hurt, right? What, you know, what access to any kind of strategy do you have? Like, what are you going to do? You can't chuck your teddy bears at it. It's going to hit you if you cry. It's going to silence you. You're going to have to contain the feelings. Where are you going to put all those feelings of rage, of hurt, of sadness, of grief, of fucking panic? You're in the monster's den. I refused every last feeling and made it my problem. And that's what children do. It's their fault. It's not the fault of the roving predator. No. In the end, we take responsibility for their evil. So, to turn around, and again, I repeat this because it's such an important concept, it's not what happened. It's the acknowledgement that the person that was your parent, and I'm talking about now if this was a caregiver that you had you know, abuse or refused, is a predator. That that person and now it was really difficult for me because my embellishment was so strong. My bubble machine, my refusal, my denial was so tightly created. You know, I had this incredible, embroidered, really tightly embroidered story about them and him. My conversion, right, they talk about audience conversion, my conversion was so fueled by religiosity and, you know, crazy delusional thinking that it was airtight nothing was going to shatter this story, nothing. And when this thing works and when you build it, it is not just in one area of your energetic field. It is happening everywhere, physically, emotionally, mentally. I had re-scripted my whole field. I had shut down everything I needed to shut down, the 
physicality, the emotion, everything was shut down so that this truth would never be revealed. And even when I saw the most disgusting images, it still did not register in every single place. It was still foreign in a way. It was still me looking at something. Until recently, there was just this one disgusting image, and it was just like, here it is, and it wouldn't stop being in my face throughout the whole ceremony. This is what it was like growing up from, you know, zero to whenever, ten. So, and it wouldn't go away. It's like, this is it. I don't want to offend anyone because it's, it's too early in the morning. But it was vile. And it wouldn't go away. Like, I tried to kind of, okay, I've seen it enough. No, it was just in my face. This is what you saw all the time. And his face was attached to it. It was vile. So that, face that, that's it. That was the wall. It needs to register for your whole system to fully embrace the trauma. So that the whole, if you had any last little fragments of story that it's completely shattered, that there is nothing left on the landscape but only the raw, disgusting truth. And now I understand why my face was frozen and why, you know, there were all sorts of spirits inside my face pulling it out like a Lego game. And he was towering above me. And it's so interesting because, you know, in, in another ceremony, I had been a child, and above me was my mother towering above me like that first, you know, remember that art history class, the first sculpture of a, of a fertility goddess, this big, fat, over-bosomed, you know, tits to her kneecaps fertility goddess. And it was huge, and I was tiny. That's the prison. So to register, so in order to what it, you know, in order to refuse, in order to survive, you need to refuse. When you're helpless and powerless and vulnerable, you need, you have one strategy: refusal, denial. Burial. You have to bury those feelings. If you go to say something and they just like whack you across the face, are you going to say it again? If you start to cry and they just come at you, are you going to cry again? Someone is telling you that you're not okay, that those feelings are wrong, that you, there's something wrong with you if, if somebody tries to hit you over a a response or they do whatever I don't know what it is that they did to you but this is there isn't one response you need to eat it that's it you can't defend yourself you can't attack them you can't negotiate you can't challenge them you can't do anything your very survival depends on them so you are going to eat it, literally. You're going to deny it. You're going to bury it. You're going to stuff it like, you know, in Lord Triage, in some closet in the dark, and it's going to sit there. Now, some people may have one or two rooms. I had a zillion rooms of refuse. I was completely refused. I mean, everywhere. I just, 
because some people might say, well, there's a little bit of doubt, there's a little bit of something that, you know, might turn up later and you might, you know, revolt with it. But no, I didn't. I literally, it was a submarine. I just like, okay, we're sticking this all in a submarine and we are getting down into the ocean and none of this happened. They are really nice people. They are just peasants from some small little village. They don't know any better. They're victims. No. That's what I had built. So I had literally a submarine of shit, a poison under the water, which is all of me, right? Refusing every emotion. And on the surface, I had a little sailboat that was like, oh, you know, everything's fine and it's a lovely day and, you know, what's wrong? And, you know, I've reconverted them and it's really a lovely sunny day but underneath is this dark festering fucking submarine full of demons of hate and anger and you know self-hatred and hurt and because I couldn't a child cannot accept the horror of a parent if they abuse them That's how we can live in contradiction. We can live with this delusional sailboat on a sunny day on the surface and at the same time contain, you know, a submarine the size of a fucking continent of shit with demons and darkness and ugliness and truths hidden deep, deep on the ocean bed. That's how I lived my life. I had no idea I had the submarine, by the way at all. I thought it was always going to be a sunny day. <laughs> My boat was always going to be sailing. In fact, I wasn't sailing anywhere. I was just in one spot pretending, whilst the drag, the energetic drag of the submarine kept me completely paralyzed. You're not moving if you're traumatized. You're stationary, but you think you're moving. You're paralyzed, but you think you're not, that you're doing all these things. All these things was a cover-up. This shiny, happy day was a cover-up. And then now and again, they'd be like, oh, you know, sudden blasts of a hurricane or something, or, you know, like, oh my God, I want to fucking kill this person. But I'd be like, no, you can't think about that. You can't do that. And I'm talking about my own family, not talking about it. That was years ago, right? Very brief. Like, pff, it comes in and it's gone. You have to keep making them right because a child cannot accept that the person that's taking care of it is hurting it. So my sailboat, had to sink. I had to be plunged into the depths of the ocean. I, had, I was basically torpedoed into my submarine and I was forced to see everything. And to finally acknowledge the truth of the predator. And even when it was shown to me in literally holographic, 3D, you know, Hollywood-produced Technicolor, my whole system had been so refusing of the truth that literally it took years of carpet bombing my story for me to fully acknowledge the whole horror of this human being. And so in a ceremony where I am shown relentlessly, I can't take it out of my brain, the one image that says, here, this is what he did when you were a child. Over and over and over, this was the wall. This is what you blanked out. This 
is who he really is. What the ayahuasca is doing is basically flooding my system with the truth. I mean, everything, my mental, and you know what came out? Tears, tears and tears and tears and grief because all of that terror, she had to basically punch it out of me. She had to tear down that wall so those feelings of just pure terror and fear and sadness. The ayah, if you take it, is on a rescue mission. The rescue mission is to get you home. And if you have been smothered, refused, if you have had to survive the horror by whatever means possible, and mine was to reinvent and convert them, then she is going to take you down. She is going to take that ego and smash it into a zillion pieces, piece by piece. This is not an overnight thing. These systems that we build are very powerful. They're very complex. They're deeply woven. They're interwoven with them to survive. The act of the ayahuasca in its incredible loving gesture is to break down the ego. She knows, and I call it a kind of she, it doesn't, everybody has a different interpretation of the ayahuasca. For me, it's a woman, it's a mother. She knows how deeply it's embedded. She knows what needs to be attacked in order to really take down this ego and the story. It's a very sensitive thing. It really is the most artful, you know, um, bomb detonator there is, right? You can't collapse it immediately. Who knows what might happen to you psychologically, right? You can't just drown it like the Titanic. She will pull you apart, and then there'll be panic, and then you'll get to see one thing, and then another bit, and then it's like, little by little, she deflates the whole system, until finally, she is showing me full on what I had to contend with my whole childhood. And I can't escape it. It is in my face. The towering, looming predator and the child. The trick. The truth. And by doing so, and by now having dismantled everything, and I have now... I'm so trusting of the medicine and so aligned with the Shipibo, with the Indians who, get, who met, you know, administered the medicine, who have been kind of with me the whole time. Only now can I weep truly. That weeping. So if you've kept, if you've accepted them, if you've accepted the abuse, whatever it is, you are withholding the sadness somewhere. If you're not allowed to weep, if you're not allowed to respond to a massive tragedy early on, it is holding on in your system. This, it was like a vast continent of sadness that was not able to be released. And this incredible medicine, by holding that image, by not allowing me to escape it, it was literally in my face by saying, this is exactly what you contended with your whole childhood. And I had to fully accept it. What she was trying to do is to get me to release this huge pressure of sadness. I, the trick was, by the predator, was you're weak. There's something wrong with you if you have emotions. That was the evil 
of this. If I, if I abuse you sexually and you cry, well, there's something wrong with you. You're weak. You're wrong. I need you to be strong. So what are you going to do? And I'm talking about sexual abuse. It could be physical abuse. It could be anything. Neglect, abandonment, whatever the abuse, how whatever shape it comes. It is not, again, about the abuse, which is already horrific. It is a fact that you are clenching and holding on. You are not allowed to be who you are. You are not allowed to release that emotion. You are told that that emotion are wrong, which means that you need to accept the most horrific behavior and they are telling you to authorize it and make it okay. They are saying that this violence done to you is right and that you cannot weep it. You cannot respond to it. That is the greatest violence against a child. It is bad enough, the stuff that is done to children, refusing them, denying them, hurting them, but then to tell them, that having to make them authorize evil, which is what I did. I authorized evil by refusing my response to the barbarity that was done to me. If you cannot express a response to the horror that is done to you as a child, if you have to hide it, if you have to refuse your feelings, you become an active participant in the evil, in the horror. You ally with them. And this is not a judgment. This every little child, a sweet little child, has no choice. It has. You do not have a choice as a two, as a three, as a four-year-old. But at the same time, imagine that you have to accept this evil. You have to refuse your feelings. What does that mean? They make you hate yourself. They make you hate yourself because you are wrong about having a feeling about the horror that they are doing to you. Think about it. You are not the fact that you feel sad, that you feel repulsed, that you feel angry is wrong. So what happens? You hate yourself. They make you wrong and they're evil right. And I say evil because it is evil. Any adult that hurts a little innocent child is evil. And you can take that, you know, you can understand that however you want to understand it. For me, it's like someone abusing innocence knows what they're doing. There's cognition. They want to hurt someone. Not someone their own size, but a little innocent piece of divinity. And yes, it's all part of the universe. It's all, and there's no right or wrong, right? It's all one thing, but for me, the amount of tumultuous craziness and conflict that is created within a child, it is a kidnapping. There is dark and light. If you are being abused, or hurt or denied, and you are told that your feelings and your reactions are wrong by an adult that's five foot eight and you're two foot off the floor, what happens? It is gonna make you hate 
who you are because you have those feelings. And those feelings are wrong and their abuse is right. And you are not going to go against the predator. Because we are wired at all costs to adhere to the predator, to the, to the parent masked. It's a predator masked as a parent. So that is a conflict within you. It's the shift to love who you are. And that's what the medicine was doing. It was saying, I need to show you relentlessly for the whole of this ceremony, for the, an hour and a half of this ceremony which you're sitting in, at home, right, or wherever, so that I can get to that feet, so we can access, so you can finally release that feeling. She did it so I would release the crying, so I would release I would allow myself to feel that feeling and that she would support me because you are not allowing yourself to feel the feeling. You can't. You're told that that feeling is wrong. To weep when somebody is abusing you is wrong. To have a bad feeling about the, the parent is wrong. It's unfucking real. That's how much trickery and sorcery and horror can happen at the arrival state here in this when you when you're a child. And this is what you need to contend with if there's abuse and trauma. This is all the complications of that place. What the medicine does and what it's trying to do, and you, you know, I think that's why there's been so much work softening and softening and trying to get the, to the grail of this, is you have to accept you and love you by releasing those feelings. Because someone told you that those feelings were wrong. Someone told you that you were wrong. Someone at that early stage of arrival and you're barely conscious is saying to you that you cannot be who you are. That your child is wrong if you have that feeling. So you have to put away this enormous grief, this enormous sadness. And I literally had one of the Shipibo Indians in my ceremony and she just sat there as the grief just ripped through my system. She gave me permission to feel the truth, to feel the feelings, to feel feel the grief of what happened, of what I had kept hidden, the feeling of it, to be abused and not allow, be allowed to respond to the abuse. What does it do? Create self-hatred. You're wrong because you have a feeling that is told to you that is wrong. You are wrong because you are crying when someone is beating the shit out of you as a little three or four year old. You are wrong because they are denying you love and you have a feeling about that. You're not gonna hate on them. You're gonna hate on you because you're gonna make them right. Because you have to. Because you're little and they are supposedly the world. They are your parent, they are the king and the queen.
so. Again, it is not the abuse. It is, even though that's already horrific, it is the fact that they have made you refuse your feelings, that they have completely silenced you, that they have made you self-hate because you feel, because they don't want that response. And in that self-hatred, you acknowledge them. You put them over you. You authorize their behavior. You authorize their neglect, their abandonment. You authorize their physical, sexual abuse. And you then live in conflict for the rest of your fucking life because you know that they're wrong somewhere in your system. Your life force does not disappear. You are living, holding on to a huge continent of grief that you must hold back this dam of feeling. You want to just weep eternally, but you can't because you've been told that that is wrong. So you have to hold back this huge dam of grief in order to accept their darkness. That is what's really going on. You have to hate, you have to shut yourself down. It is a breaker switch of your life force to make them right, to make them work, to fit in, to resolve an unresolvable equation. You have to make this darkness fit in. And in order to do so, you must refuse your feelings. Refuse your life force. Because if not, you're responsible for their death. That's what children think. You're responsible for their grief. You're responsible for their life. They have made you responsible for their life. So not only are you abused, not only must you refuse your feelings, not only must you live in this constant conflict, not only are you constantly resolving an unresolvable equation, but you are also responsible for their life. That is how bad it can get. Where the fuck are you going? with all of that to resolve. Fucking nowhere. And the ayahuasca and the meditation, all this, what it does is it disassembles this whole piece of machinery, energetic machinery. And what it pummels is the ego that is built in response to it, like an airbag. So the aim is not to undo the abuse, which is what I was thinking. I think, okay, this image is in front of me for this whole ceremony because I need to eradicate it. No, I can't undo what happened. The way to erase it is to pierce the wall that's keeping the feeling from being felt. I wouldn't, the way to basically drown this, I mean, I can't get away from what happened. It happened. It is an injury. It is a bruise. I get to see it and I kept thinking, why isn't it disappearing? It's not disappearing because the response to that horrific sexual abuse was not about the abuse. It was I couldn't voice the feelings that I had in response to the abuse. That is the grail. That is the healing. 
I wouldn't let go of the feeling. I didn't trust myself. I was still too scared to feel the sadness because I was so terrorized. I saw the image for an hour and a half until finally she presented it to me so powerfully that it, and I took, it was like it just had to register everywhere until finally the feeling was released. I could finally cry and cry. It's not what happens, it's what's held back. It's what we hold within us. It's what we refuse in our countenance. It's what we keep hidden. And that's where all our energy is going, is to keep the dam from breaking, which is why we need to self-hate, which is why we need to authorize them, which is why our whole energetic life is basically stuck there. That is what matters. That is where we heal. It is not the predator. It is what we've been made to believe. It's what we've been made to refuse in ourselves. It's what we've been made to accept. Abandonment, no love, self-hatred. So that the predator wins. And continues to tower above us. Even when we're 110. We were told the feelings were wrong. And that's what we're refusing. But that is a poison. The poison is the wall that we keep to our feelings. Because the child does not want to betray the parent. The biggest obstacle is to give them up. To see them for who they are. And we cannot see them for the truth of who they are until we allow ourselves to feel the truth of our feelings. When we were told that the feelings were wrong. That is the final resolution. That is when the prison doors open when we accept the feelings we truly have about them. Not the, oh, let's just make this work. Not the, oh, let's just, it's okay. You know, let's just, it's, we can let this one go. Let's just accept all of this situation. We can truly let the feelings be released. And if you're in terror and you're a child and this person's going to come in one day and beat the shit out of you and tell you your feelings are wrong when you cry, <clears throat> you're not going to cry. But that's the poison. That's the burial. It is a shift. It is a conquest. It is you against them. It is your child refusing them. So in your brain, if you've been shut down, you are still a child. You are still that four, that five, that six-year-old. This whole other thing is just, you know, whatever. It's the sailboat. It's the facade. It's the ego masquerading as something. But deep down, you're still the terrified five, four, three-year-old. That's, that's what you're really emanating. <clears throat> that's what's really driving everything. 
This other stuff is just, you know, dress up time for the world. And until you get your child, until you accept her true, his or her true feelings, the king doesn't leave the throne. The queen doesn't leave the throne. That little child has to express all of its feelings. It has to register the truth of the predator or the one, the caregiver that damaged, the in, gave it the, the injury in every part of its energetic field, mentally, emo especially emotionally, physically. I literally have been physically moved around so I could release vats of feeling. It happened. Whatever happened to you, happened. It happened in an energetic field. You were sculpted by that action. It does not go away. If it's anathema to, you know, reality, if you've been abused and you were told to refuse your feelings, that is a sculpting, that is an injury upon your energetic field. That is a paralysis, that is the breaker switch which says no life for you. If you had to authorize an abuser, if you had to agree to abandonment, neglect, horror, whatever it is, if you have refused those feelings inside your system, they are festering wounds that keep you imprisoned. The most difficult thing for a child is to acknowledge that the parent is a predator. And it creates all sorts of serpentine <clears throat> ways to refuse that truth. I had to accept that no feeling was what worked if I was to be taken care of. No feeling means what you self-hate. If you self-hate, you're paralyzed. So, keep unearthing. Let your child fully acknowledge. It's tough. This is not easy. Not easy at all. And we can build all sorts of distractions to keep making them work. We keep building all these stories to keep making them work. At some point, the shift, you need to release that power they have over you and head, face them head on. With what? or the truth of your feelings. You don't, it's no matter if you come at them, or if you insult them or whatever, no. That doesn't do anything. I mean, yes, it releases your anger, but the greatest cleanser is to accept the feelings that you had. To accept the feelings you have, because they don't go anywhere. To release those, and I fortunately, because of the ayahuasca, have these beautiful Shipibo Indians here supporting me and guiding me with the Indians. It's a, a manifest world of magnificent guides, and one specifically, Este Maestrinas, this Shipibo Indian, she just sat there whilst. This image just declared itself, like just in front of me over and over again until I can finally accept who this person is and get to that feeling that needed to be released, which was vast. It wasn't what he did or what they do to you. It is not what they do to you. It is the fact that you have refused your feelings 
and authorize their behavior by refusing your feelings. And no, you had no choice at that moment. I couldn't weep. I couldn't, because that was wrong. I had to accept this hurt. Right? I had to accept the hurt and hate myself for having the feelings. Accept the hurt. Hate yourself for having the feeling. Refuse the feeling. Make them work. And become and get guilty if it you know if you feel bad about them. This all it's just one massive conflict that needs to be resolved, and they need to be torn down from their pedestals. This, and only this recognition of your true feeling, the legitimacy of you, of your feelings, of the right to feeling what you felt in that moment really is a conquest. You can't undo what happened. It happened. You can, however, feel the truth of the feelings. And that zips them of all the power they have over you and liberates your child and makes you free. Get to the bottom of it. Get to the truth. However you have to do that, find the help. Get the guides. Whatever comes to you, and it will come to you, if you surrender to being helped. And again, in these other dimensions, you have to go in and slay your dragon. You must uncover the truth. You must become the drone that sees the whole landscape. And you must allow these incredible guides within us that can help us. I mean, they're everywhere. Everybody, you know, everyone can access them. There's no one holier than you. There's no one bigger than you. There's, no one, there's nothing. We are all part of this incredible divinity. And on that other landscape, in these other dimensions, there is tons of help and support and love and guidance. And no, it is not easy. This is unbelievably difficult. These forces of darkness are huge. They will hold you underground. Do not be scared or be scared. I was, I've, I'm always scared. And keep moving into the truth and releasing. You can do it. Bye.